I don't want to live my life again. That was terrible. That probably, was terrible. Probably the Ramones' best song ever. Don't quit your day job, my brother. <laughs> the world of dead kid getting something special. Paramount pictures rolling in the background. Beautiful thing. Welcome back to the dead kids of Derry. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I can't speak. Don't bury a dead kid there. Probably uh, about a do. You know what I mean? One of the, probably the the best Stephen King accent of all time in this film. Oh, Fred, Fred Gwynn was amazing. Oh. You don't want to go on that route. Oh, oh yes. man. I, I got to say, it, I just watched a little biography on Fred Gwynn. Mm-hmm. And, man, he's he's such a cool guy. I mean, yeah. And also, like like you said, just going with uh, the accent, like, uh, sometimes dead is better. I mean, honestly, is one of the best lines ever, and the way he delivers it is great. And it's a hard oh. accent at the end of the day, and there are a few people that can pull it off. But, you know, he does it in his own way, where it's almost become kind of pop culture-ish. I mean, you've seen it referenced, like, in South Park, you know, and some other shows, you know, like, you don't want to go on that road. That was a road where a, a million uh, Appalachians got uh, slaughtered by the tribes, and, you know, there was... But, I mean, you know, it was just mm-hmm. an amazing voice that he was able to come with. Oh. Mm-hmm. Quite quotable, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole movie. The whole movie's quite quotable. Not just Fred, not 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 just Judd, either. I mean, yeah. a lot of what Pascal says, a lot of a lot of things in this movie are quotable. It's, it's more, definitely one of the more higher echelon at least in fame in pop culture, Stephen King stories there are. Yeah, I mean, not as good as Return to Salem's Lock, but it's close. Uh, oh, yeah, you know. Here's my Larry Cohen. You know, a touch. A touch, a touch better than Return to Salem's Lot. Yeah. Last week we watched The Return to Salem's Lot. Woo! Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, James. Uh, James fell back in love oh, with God, it. He's the best it got it got pretty hairy, though. It got pretty hairy. There were times where I wanted to, like you know, dip my entire genitalia into a running blender rather than watch that film. But we got. Yeah, some. I mean, I mean, that's a little bit too kinky for me. Like but, I mean, for James, that's like a Saturday night. I did that twice today. Have you know twice? Get on my level. Mary Lambert <laughs> killing it. Yeah. Well, she Mary, was, yeah. Yeah. She, she directed awesome. some music videos. I mean, it's really a hell of a soundtrack that this movie actually has. I mean, you know, she had a lot of connections with uh, people in the punk scene. I mean, you know, she mm. was doing music videos for Madonna, I think, right before she did this, if memory serves correct. So the director's definitely established in the world of music. Well, it's also it's a, it's also a credit to King in general. Like, just he's a big rock <laughs> fan, big metal fan. 
So you get a lot of that in his movies, yeah. whether it be the Ramones or ACDC for Maximum Overdrive. You yeah, know, there's a lot, a lot of that going on. Latest Maximum Overdrive in general was a hell of a soundtrack. Mm-hmm, for sure. She did both, too. She did one and two. The first, yeah. The first outings. Yeah. Part two, I mean, I, I'm sure at some point we're going to get around to part two, but I, I just feel like that's a very underrated film, especially for sequels. Yeah. Yeah, big one. This is probably one that won't in the first Stephen King films I've seen. You know, this was frequently on TV all the time. Oh, yeah. oh for sure. And, and of course, it has the great uh, Denise Crosby, also known as Tasha Yar, for those Star Trekkies out there. Yes. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she was also yeah. Mary on Walking Dead. Heck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of my yeah. favorites, she was the mother in Dolly Dearest, opposite the father, Sam Bottoms. Fantastic. 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 True stuff all around. I appreciate yeah. everybody so far. Deal, I'm always, I'm going to say, you know, the Deal character I always thought came off a little weird. I know he was going into, supposed to be in a dark zone, but I remember... If me- memory serves me correctly, there's a few moments where you kind of don't know what the fuck he's doing as, like, an actor. Where, like, the way he's acting certain dialogue, if I remember correctly, like, is... What's going on? Like, with the cat? Like, when he was talking to the cat, like, I think that got weird, and then there was something on another, like, weird part in there where it didn't quite... I don't know if it was perhaps bad writing or what it, what it may have been, but I remember a couple parts of this. I remember sticking out as, like, wondering if there was a mistake. And he played Elvis. Did he? Yeah, he played Elvis in a made-for-TV movie. Uh, uh, Fran, oh, I forget her last name. I want to say Fran Dern. But um, it's the same casting director who did this, who also did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. And, um, you know, she, she's the redhead that was in the documentary, you know, very familiar. But she she basically, you know, was being the casting director of this. I mean, you know. Dale Metcalf basically um, was a heartthrob actually at this time, and so he was one of the reasons why he came in. And, that um, makes sense when you get the when you get the job on being a heartthrob. That's telling. That's a telling situation. But, but this is a very different role for him. I mean, this, he's oh, not playing so. a romantic lead at all. So he's not playing the, the Jude character. Having kind of a hard time hearing Billy. You have a hard time hearing me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know I'm there was a the microphone. Best I'll know, stick my head in. I didn't even did, know there was. A, <laughs> you, think, you didn't know that was a microphone. I thought it was something else that I didn't want. Holy, <laughs> mac- <laughs> Holy macaroni! Me Whoa, and you don't want room. to see some it's of the guy. stuff going down the hair behind the a, scenes. A rare occasion where me and BC are in the same room for a taping for anybody out there listening. Start. Don't you make me do things I'm going to regret. Oh yeah, it's but starting off on a weird foot. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we got Fred Gwynn on the scene now. I mean, for those that are, might be of the younger generation, he was the original Herman Munster. Oh, and yeah. you might know that they're doing a remake with uh, Rob Zombie that's uh, supposed to hit Netflix shortly. Yeah. But no one can replace Herman Munster. Uh, Fred Gwynn's the uh, OG on that He's one. He's got one of those unique looks like... Uh... Like, he looks like he's uh, from the other side or something like that. Who's that actor that got the award because he was so crazy? You talk about him all the time. Rondo Hatton. Rondo Hatton. He had a, he had a nice look, too. Yeah, he had a, he had a character. And, like, there. Maniac Cop, the dude from, what's his name? Robert Zadok. Yeah, yeah. He had a, he, they, they're, 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 it's like the look that works for him, you know, like, 
it's an interesting take because like um you know they all became leading men very underdog stories when it comes to the looks for these people you know what i mean a lot of these character actors you know you could almost put like you know joe spinell richard lynch robert forrester you know these they have such a traditional look that you know it's almost like gangster films because a lot of those guys get typecast because they do the same thing over and over again but in this situation you know fred Gwynn just has such a great look I, you know that, that stoicness that he has in his face i think was probably brilliant casting for the judge and my cousin Vin, and i love which him I, which i love that movie. i'm a huge fan mm-hmm. two utes yeah now that you me- what we talking Miko or Miko? What do you think, Mister Hughes? Go that that first. Miko, Miko, yeah. Now he was he the Jelly Kid too? Was he Smucker's Jam or something like that? Or Juice? Grape Juice? Yeah, no. He he did he did a commercial. I can't remember if it's Grape Juice or Jelly or what. It was a food condiment um, of fruit inclination. Yeah, that's that's what landed in Pet Cemetery, if I'm not mistaken. One of the cutest kids of all time, for sure. I remember you know he had a recurring role on Full House. You know, yeah, in, he was. In he was. Classroom, and he was actually also in a scene that was unfortunately was cut out of Tropic Thunder. He was, um, oh, really? the DJ, um, and that was cut out. But when I had the chance to meet Miko, um, he was like, "Holy shit, you look like Jack Black!" And you know, basically, we just you know talked about Tropic Thunder for a quick second, and I didn't realize that he was actually in the movie until. I guess it's, you know, this scene was cut. Yeah. That fucking Les Grossman. That's what did it. That's, that's what that was. Les yeah. Grossman did it. Son of a bitch. Why don't you take a step back and go, fuck your own face. I heard that in a hip hop sample today and I laughed. <laughs> and whenever I hear that, I always laugh. That that role made everybody like Tom Cruise again. Well, no. I mean, it's like no, no. one of his I best think roles. I think he was love for a little bit after that. Huh? I, I, I think he was, I think they loved him. Brought him back from his Scientology craziness. No. He to dance and have fat hands. That's what he told Ben Stiller. I'm a fan. I've been a fan. Assock, I've been a fan for I've never hated on the dude. I've always been a fan. <laughs> it's all good in the hood, man. So what we got going on the flick? They're having a big moment. Neighbors coming to become neighbors. You know what I mean? A real yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's unfortunately one of those things that uh, nowadays, I mean, uh, you don't really get like that, na- like neighbors hanging out with neighbors now. I mean, maybe it's just me, nah, but I mean, that's true. No. I used to give like baked goods to all my neighbors when I was a kid, so like I fully understand that. Like you never see that anymore. No one trusts anybody. Yeah, it's a true and sad thing when you really. That was a good point, Hawk. Because yeah, I remember back in the day there you had more of like that unity amongst, and now it's division. Nah. Division doesn't, definitely doesn't exist anymore. I don't even know my neighbors' names. Yeah. I- Actually, you want to know something that's funny. Uh, our neighbors uh, on the right side, they're actually moving out. But I remember when they first moved in, my mom, being friendly, came over and uh, just wanted to say, hi, how you doing? Maybe, like, how's the weather? And, you know, ended up getting a whole, like, political, like, rant from our next-door neighbor. And she's like, whoa, okay. I guess we're not going to be friendly here. <laughs> And we, we like barely talked to her, and I mean, we only uh, like whenever she comes out and you know has an issue with us, like barbecuing or something like that. It's like the only time we have any kind of conversation with her. 
So the big question in the hour is if there was such thing as a pet cemetery, would you bring, would you guys bring pets and or folks? Yes. To this place? 100% yes. Yeah. Because I'm a white girl. (laughs) I'm a James. I, 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 I bring, uh, bring dates there. That's the big. Well, you go there and get a date. That's well, I, already, <laughs> I was about to say, I, I already dig my dates up, bro. That's Come on now. <laughs> it would be the beginning of the zombie apocalypse for sure. You know. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> this is the point during every single commentary. Word. You would probably say you would bury a pet and you would probably make it your friend and have a kill for you. No. I, I said I was with James, man. I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't go against. No, but you would want me to do, to, to domestic. No, domestic somehow. Now it kill. It would kill you, Bill. That it would. It would. It would get loose and kill you. I, I know it already. They don't. They don't dig too deeply. <laughs> you get a pet giraffe. That's you're better off with a giraffe. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't dig too deeply into the the myth and the nature of what's going on in this movie yeah. as much because like they dive deep into it in the book. And it's based heavily on the myth of the Wendigo, right? Um, I know I read a ton of things because that's what I do. And I know a lot about the Wendigo. And, like, the penance you pay comes back to you, man, when you do this kind of weird hoodoo shit. Ain't worth it. Like, like, and you see it in the movie play out. Like, he buries Church up there, and then the Wendigo takes his kid. Like, there's a payment. Like the juice usually ain't worth the squeeze. Let's just put it that way. Nah, all set. (laughs) It takes everything. Spoiler alert. Well, (laughs) in the long term, but I have theories about who the real villain of Pet Cemetery is, and it ain't the Wendigo. So it ain't who? It ain't the the Wendigo. It ain't the devil either. The father. The father is the villain. Judd Crandall. Absolutely not Judd Crandall, and it's not the dad. It's the mom. She's the real bad guy of this movie. Oh, oh yeah. I can see it. I can see it. We can't say that in 2020. No. <laughs> the show just got canceled, James. Jeez. The Me Too movement's coming after us now. Sorry. Not Sorry, but it's to, true. Like, pinpoint every time she's a bad mom. No. No, I can tell you exactly why I think that way. I'll tell you right now. Okay. Or should the, you wait? No. It, I don't think anybody on the Anybody that's w- listening to us has seen Pet Cemetery, and if you Very haven't, true. it came out in 1989. Deal with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the mother and her unacceptance of Zelda's death and the guilt she feels for Zelda's death, she projects onto Ellie and says, oh, she doesn't need to learn about death. She's just a little girl. When Lewis is like, nah, we should definitely, like, Prepare her because the cat's right. gonna die one day, and yeah. she has to de- deal with that. And death's a part of life, and everybody has to deal with death. The mom's refusal to accept death and to accept her own guilt projected onto her daughter forces Lewis into the situation he has to do to use the pet cemetery. Had that not happened in the first place, she would never have ended up there. Gage would have never ended up there, and this whole thing would never have happened. It's all the mom's fault. I can see that, you know. And, uh, bravo, bravo. The uh-huh. just, Lewis just appears to be a bad guy because she already broke him. Like that dude, like he comes into the movie broken, you know. Yeah, he, he does. He's very upbeat for very, very few, very little, just family time. Bad, Rachel. And then, 
She, well, she could have broken them down, man. She could have put them through, through, put them through the fucking test. Test he, time. It was a test. Her, her own, her own hangups caused all of this. She thought that Creed was Apollo Creed. He could put up a fight, and just wasn't mm-hmm. happening. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, there's definitely some blame in Lewis's court. Like, like, but at that point, like. He could be afraid. He could be afraid of the wife. That's why he brings the kid to the pet cemetery. You could you could ask yourself at that He's point. The ultimate though. villain for sure. Well, it's also like there's some severe duress. Like, what would you do if you something as savage as losing a child happened to you? What would your mindset be when you know there's a way to to fix it? Well, quote unquote, fix well, it. Yeah. It's not really a fix, yeah. but desperation will definitely make action. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's uh yeah it's all the mom's fault. <laughs> I get down with that. I think she broke that dude too. Oh yeah, no, like like if you like Skirt. read the book, man, like Skirt. there's a lot of backstory and how shitty their marriage was before they got to Maine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he wasn't a happy guy. It almost reminds me of uh, Children of the Corn. How these people are so imperfect that King likes to, you know, make his central figures in his stories. Like, no one's perfect. Everything's a facade. There isn't, there is no perfect family. They've probably been arguing. And I hate part of my ignorance. I mean, you know, I love the movie, but you know, and I do, I, I did have audio read the book and, um, but it seems like there definitely was some banter back and forth between this couple where almost like didn't like each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I mean, man. Like by this point, I feel like Gage was like a savior birth. If you know what that is. Yeah. Like, you know, give him a reason, give him a reason to hold on. Like the kid was, the kid was the only reason they were together at that point. In my opinion, that's called trapping. That yeah, another reason and, the mom is the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know where it gets into people's <laughs> minds that oh, this have a baby and that'll save a relationship. That that's no. never the case. Uh, the it's end result true. is you're not only messing up your life, but you're messing up this life of this you know, innocent little kid that, you know, was born into an already unhappy family. There's also the struggle, and this scene with Pascal is actually already is highlighting it. There's a struggle in Lewis Creed where his whole profession is saving life. And when the things start dropping down, dropping around him like flies, God complex is a common occurrence in doctors. And when they feel like unempowered or weakened from their God complex, like they can't save somebody, well, they discover they find that's unacceptable. So I can only imagine that that added to his whole "I can bring him back" mentality. You know what yeah. I mean? I, agree. I am God. Kind yeah. of like survivor's guilt too, where you have to do something or else you're going to feel like shit for it. Yes. Yeah. For sure. I love the the gore here, by the way. The gore is great. He's one of the yeah. most iconic, I think, of all the king ghouls. You know what I mean? It makes right me so happy. This is Gordon Smith, I believe, who's doing the makeup. And yes. 
Yes, it is, Billy. Been Absolutely. A lot of great stuff. And uh, uh, this is actually for Maddie. Ooh. Lamond. I actually have one for you as well. Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. That's dope. I love it. So this is Maddie's. I got one for you. And Jesse, I got something special good. for you. Aw, thank you. What about me, Alex Billy? Hawk. Alex what? Hawk, I give you a blessing. I feel bad for Hawk now. I want to give you a blessing. I feel bad for Hawk now, too. I'll buy you a bull moose DVD oh, next time I see you, Hawk. Oh, what the hell? Billy's going to give me a present. <laughs> that weekend we spent in Cancun meant nothing to you. Do you think, do you think there's an alcoholism underlying to this character as well that we might not see as much? Not in one not- uncle. Not in Lewis Creed. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think his is a drinking thing. I think. I think the drinking was in this specific case wasn't actually part of the subtext. Like it is in a lot of King stuff from this time. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think that. I think that. I think that really was like an effect, not a cause. You know what I'm saying? Like he was definitely hitting the bottle, but like he had some pretty crazy shit going on around him. So I think that's more of the case of why. Yeah, in this, you know what I'm saying. All right, I want to ask you guys a question. Word. Now, um, Pascal in Pet Cemetery, yeah, is is a ghoul that you know has died that that keeps on coming back uh, to, of course, our main character. Mm-hmm. Now, there's only uh, three different movies that use the same kind of trope, but only one that does it well. And that's American Werewolf in London, in my uh, opinion. Knew, oh, hell yes. Okay. Now, I have a question. How do you feel? I mean, it's definitely not the same level, I think, that American Werewolf in London that I thought nailed that kind of trope. But do, do where do you think this fails and where do you think this succeeds in Pet Cemetery? I like that question, Alex. I'm not going to answer. I, I'm not going to answer first, though. I don't. I, don't I think have a long answer. So yeah, I don't think it fails. I think they're both very successful in their, uh, you know, them them doing those performances. They're different. You know, one's definitely got more yeah. comedy to it, and the other one's not really supposed to be comedic. I feel. You know what I mean? That'd be but it ends idea. up being. It ends up being because, like, as you get to know, like, the, 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 the beauty of both of those things is they're getting friendly with, like, horrific things, you know what I mean? Like, you eventually, it's almost like a metaphor for life in a way. You eventually just kind of get used to whatever fucking is, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I think that, that'd be my take on it. Jess or Bill, you have it, and then we'll let James... Can you ask the question again? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I I mean uh, so like an American Werewolf in London with the uh, I forget the guy's name, but the friend that comes back to Jack. Jack. Okay, now he and Pascal are pretty much the same type of character in the sense that they they die and they come back uh, and kind of either lead the character along a path or is is there as Usually for a little bit of comic relief. And my, my question is, do you think this succeeds or does it succeed? And if so, uh, compared to American Werewolf in London, do you think it's as good or not as good as the Jack character? Matt think- says, you know, they're totally different, but what are your thoughts? 
Um, so I actually haven't seen Werewolf in London for very long, so I can't remember exactly, yeah. like, how to compare it. But what I think is that, like, it's a psychological thing, too, because it's not just the fact that it's, like, a, a dead person, like, or, like, someone coming back, you know? That's something in the mind that yeah. it's, like, a subliminal message right there. So it's, like, I think it's cool that you can kind of decipher what type of mental illness or, like, what type of shit that they're going through by the visions that they see and what path they're gonna like choose so it could be like two different things but i respect both mainly this one more because i remember it more but yeah and we're dead kids (laughs) and we're dead kids damn right yes i think to kind of answer the question that you're saying um pascal i have always seen more as um an you know an angel um, but even though he does, he looks the way he does, where it's rather horrific, he's kind of, there is this subtext between, um, the creeds and how they basically, you know, have this connection now with this guy where in American werewolf, there was that, you know, like, it's almost like they were the only ones that could see them. And there is something that, and Jess, I agree with you, there's definitely something psychological there that goes into play. But also by virtue where I think Pascal is coming from, he's trying to stop the madness. I think he doesn't want, you know, basically, Rachel, you know, almost like at the end, you know, where she's trying to get back home and he's like, you know, stop, you know, um, I think I think Pascal was tr- the character was trying to be a voice of reason, and it's almost like he was just being ignored. But he was there. I mean, you know. So you know, and, and I think the, another big thing is the fact his makeup. You know, like when we see him, you know, it's really front and center. You wouldn't think that this is a character that's trying to be helpful where you think it would be something more malevolent. Yeah. Um, But with um, the difference between the two, I think it's almost apples and oranges. But you're right. The trope is there. I mean, it's, you know, but the the thing I love about American Werewolf is I love how there's the progression of the makeup, you know, where you, it's strictly makeup and it goes into a puppet head and, you know, I mean, Rick Baker's effects were phenomenal. Mm. This is a very, with his character, it's consistent. The makeup stays as is, and it still works. It's a very powerful makeup at the end of the day. But um, yeah, just kind of apples and oranges, but but they're both great. This is when he tells this, oh, actually, James. Okay, so (laughs) what you have here between American Werewolf and Pet Cemetery are two different kinds of narrative devices. Yeah. While they're using the same kind of delivery with with the, the dead guy showing up and talking to the guy, yeah. you have two very different narrative devices. Pascal is very much, as Billy pointed out, the voice of reason. He's the guy that's like, what are you doing? Pretty much through the whole movie. Um, being a little less comic-y about it than I am. And no one listens yeah. to him. And literally no one listens to yeah. him. Whereas Jack is a little bit less of the what are you doing and a little bit more of an antagonist. 
throughout the thing to David throughout all of American World. He's like, just kill yourself. What's the problem? No big deal, bro. Just die. <laughs> and that's what all the zombies say, if you really think about yeah, it. They're, they're yeah. They're trying to make the vampire, you know, depress him. It's like, you killed us. You should take Yeah, no. No, you're absolutely right. Like, that's the purpose in that. It, it, they are the antagonist. They're, they're the heavy, if you think about it, because David is the bad guy. Yeah. In the whole movie. So they're the ones that are trying to be like, well, you can stop it right now. Just get a noose and do it up. So they're really antagonizing. They're, they're the only antagonist in the whole movie because the rest of it is all about David. Whereas Pascal is more protagonistic in the sense that he's trying to be like, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? But it's interesting that you made the comparison, Alex, because both of these films American Werewolf and Pet Cemetery have main lead characters that are not necessarily the hero yeah. of the film. They're, they're more so a victim of what's going on. Both Lewis Creed and David are, are what I would say victims of what's going on because neither of them asked for what happened. But they both, if you think about it, kind of very stubbornly this is where the through line comes in, which is why I had I said I had a long answer for you. <laughs> the through line here is that they're both stubborn as shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stubbornly, David won't kill himself, even though he knows he's a werewolf. Even though after the first night, he's like, oh, shit, I killed like eight people. Fuck. He still doesn't do it. Lewis Creed buries the cat up there. The cat comes back. He goes, holy shit, that fucking Indian burial ground works. Probably right then and there should have went, okay, this was a bad idea and when pascal's like don't go back up this uh what does he do he's like i can fix him i can fix him the cat came back satanic but sure why not why wouldn't a kid work they're both stubborn as hell both of these antagonists are protagonists whatever way you look at them and there's even a story judd tells and he still doesn't listen to exactly yeah. but but it's 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 literally the similar trope in that they're both fighting up against brick walls of people but one's an antagonist and one's a protagonist and to be honest i think they both nail it i don't i don't think there's a bad note in between the two and pascal is incredible jack's hilarious when i mean in in a very macabre black kind of way but no I, i i it's just very interesting that you drew that line because there is a lot of narrative similarity between the two characters even outside of just the characters themselves yeah it's true. I mean, even if, if Pascal was a closer friend like Jack was, maybe he'd be a little more outspoken with him like Jack was. Now, do you guys know that Stephen King mentioned this is the most scariest book he, that he ever wrote, in his opinion? Yes, in the documentary, well, which yeah. was amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, Unearthed yeah. and Unbound? Uh, Unearthed and Unsold. Unearthed and Unbound. Yeah, like such that. a good damn documentary, and it's almost like a three-hour-long thing of memory. Sort of Three-hour. That's a nice shot with the sunrise. I mean, sunset. Hell yeah. That's CGI, huh? Then I got lost with the skipper. Stephen, <laughs> King, Stephen King actually got so terrified writing this book he put it in a drawer at, at, when it was still a manuscript, and he didn't take it back out for two years. He's done that for a few things. I think Gary it, was like that too. And yeah, he only he only took it back out of the drawer because Tabitha took it, found it, opened the drawer, read it, and looked at him dead in the eyes and said, "You have to finish this. You have to finish this." <laughs> 
Hell yeah. And that's why she gets 75% of the money. Sometimes all you need is the support of, like, a loved one. I mean, I mean, she, she's rich as shit in her own right, Matt. Even yeah. beyond King. <laughs> beyond King. Yeah, she wrote she wrote a ton of stuff. Cool. Ton of stuff. Wasn't Church the actual name of the cat that King had at one point? Winston Churchill. Yes, okay. sir. And, and even, like, if memory serves correct, like, with the... Um, you know, having the trucks going by the house, that was somewhat autobiographical, just imagining the worst case scenario. Like, where, it must have been Joe. That was wasn't an imagining a worst case scenario at all. He had a cat that got ran over in that road and he buried it in a pet cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we, that's how we got the idea for the book. <laughs> yeah, no, but I thought like uh, the whole like, thing with Gage came out of like his kid. I don't know. If oh, no, was- that, that was because little Joe Hill almost ran into the road and he went, oh, yeah. shit. And he exactly, got him. Yeah, he got him still. in time. No, that came. That that's to true. Me, but the cat actually got run over. As a horror fan, that is one of the most difficult scenes to watch because even though you're not seeing it, you can see the horror being oh, untold. I mean, I know we're not there. The bloody shoes enough. That's, yeah, that's all it took. That's all it took. They, and Mary Lambert was a fucking genius for that. She knew that was all it would take. Well, well, I mean, it, it's like going back with, uh, I know we're jumping uh, to another horror uh, 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 film, but Jaws, I mean, the reason Jaws is such a great film is actually because the shot didn't work, and a lot of it you didn't see. I yeah. mean, the, the uh, woman being dragged back and forth, I mean, that is terrifying because you don't see the carnage. This is the same way, and plus also, you have it as a little kid. I mean, you automatically, it's the same as if you had, like, a puppy in the same situation. Mm-hmm. For sure. That, you know, you, you, you shoot it in that way. I mean, you automatically going to, you know, feel heartbroken about, you know, any young little uh, kid like that being crushed by this. And, and the entire movie, you have these trucks just whipping by. And anyone who's lived ne- next to a busy street, you know, you know how terrifying it is when they're just whipping by, and mm-hmm, there's sure. no sense of, you know, if someone did run out, that they could even stop, even if they wanted to. Word. that phone, that phone scene, I think, was one of those scenes I was trying to talk about in the beginning, where he said, where he like says, "Watch your own, like watch your own cat," or he gives her like attitude or something for no reason on the phone. Mm. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I had to think few, about it for a second, but yeah. There's a few really weird moments like that within the film where it's mm-hmm. like, why, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess I assume he's, he's letting everybody know he's tapping out, he's losing his mind, but uh, yeah, it was a little too much or something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This isn't a perfect movie. It's a good movie, but there's there's a couple of things that are like, well, why did you do that? But, yeah. you know. Did you guys see the remake? Yeah. I did. Yeah. Didn't bother. What'd you think, but, James? Um, theatrical, eh, not a fan. Yeah. It, it was, it, it missed a lot of the, the point. It focused way too much. It, Cause like, obviously like elephant in the room, like one of the most memorable things about the original is Zelda. Right. Right. And, um, they really just beat, that that one note absolutely into the ground in the remake. Yeah. Zelda, 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 Zelda. Oh, Zelda was scary, so we're going to make everything about, make it really all about 
not all about, but a massive amount of the film about Zelda, which just didn't make any sense to me. And I love John Lithgow, too. But it's just, there's just no reason. He couldn't save it. He couldn't save it, unfortunately. That's what I heard. He did not make a bad Judd. No, he was, I heard, like, but it's just, I I love Lithgow. You know, it's almost like Jackie Earl Haley. I don't blame, I don't blame Friday. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, that fucking shit remake. He did the best job he could, you know, with the hand. With what he had. And, and that's what all he had. could do. Yeah. So it's just like the same thing with Lithgow. He's just, he just can only deal yeah. with the hand that he's dealt. <laughs> it's not the per, it's not the performances that made it a, ba- a pet the pet cemetery remake bad though. It's not. It's the writing. It's yeah. the pacing. It's what they decided to focus on. Um, and really, I, I mean, it's been out for a while now. I think everybody can just spoilers, yeah. but the uh, the switcheroo. Yeah, with, uh, with Ellie and Cage, mm. did not play. Yeah, did I, not play, especially announcing it ahead of time with the trailer. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Terrible a mistake move, there. Yeah. I, I, that they should have let that happen. They should they not have put that. In, they I mean, should not look, have advertised that at all. Did it look it's, okay though? I mean, did you know the look? The look it was overdone. That. It was overdone. overdone. Where Mary Lambert went with a less is more approach. Yeah. Yeah. They went over the top. You see the trailer fly out of out of frame. The whole tractor flips over like it's a big bang, bang, boom, pow. There's like a little blood on the ground, like a huge streak of blood on the ground. Yeah. It's like it's just overdone. It was yeah. overdone, and the ending terrible. Yeah. It was just terrible. It was, yeah. it was it was a shit ending. Um, like I said, the theatrical version. However, how, however. There's a Blu-ray director's cut with the original, the director's original ending. Ooh. Far better. Okay. There's a recut out there, floating out there in the world. A director's cut with the original ending he wanted to go with. Way, way fucking better okay. of a film. It's the only version I'll watch. It's still not anywhere near as good as right. what we're watching right now, but still far better film. Hawk, did you want to add anything to that? Or? Well, I mean, the thing is, my my biggest uh, problem it was the switcheroo, and the reason was that not not taking anything away from the young girl that played the role, but the. The, the scariest part about this is having such a little kid being that little, you know, uh, demon child. Yeah. That, that's, that is more terrifying than having that young, young woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, maybe it's just because of the ages, but having that little, precocious little kid to me was a lot more terrifying than. The preteen girl in the, um, the Pet Cemetery remake. Yeah. Church is up to no good here. Mm hmm. Yeah. Dirty bastard. Literally dirty bastard. He came out of the dirt. Yeah. Yeah, but he was giving him a mouse, and that's usually like a sign of, hey, thank you. Hey, thank you for bringing me back to life. 
So I'm going to kill you now. What do you think about Judd even telling him about this place? No, it's your cat now, Lois. I think it's about, you know, nothing good. character development. Even the animal, even the animal coming back as a demon cat's fucking bad news. Judd, Judd, Judd's a complicated character. Yeah. Which is oversimplified in the film compared to, and as masterfully recreated as Fred Gwynn did it. It is oversimplified compared to the book. Yeah. He had a daughter who had a pet who died who he didn't bury in the pet cemetery. And that brought all of it back. And he just, like, you got that the ground in a man's heart, Stonia. So, you know, he had that thing where it's, like, weighing heavy on him, like, the what if. Yeah. It's like the extreme opposite of what's going on. Yeah, exactly. He had the what if going on. So he was like, yeah, I know about this place. We can bury the cat. Like, I'm going to kind of live through you. It's a little vicarious living. There's a little selfishness to it. There's also a little bit of the, he doesn't want to see Ellie do what happened to his daughter. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little more, it's a little more complex than just, Judd was an idiot. You know what I mean? But when you think when he knows about the kid who comes back, you know, that whole issue, you'd think that issue alone would make you never fucking talk about that situation ever again out of the chance of something happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which something would eventually happen, I feel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's to say he doesn't go tell everybody at the bar and then they're telling everybody and then it's a fucking <laughs> real problem. All, all of a sudden, the entire town is filled with uh, zombified... Uh, zombie apocalypse, dude. We were talking about it earlier. They're it's not zombies, though. Zombies. They're not zombies. No, they're zombies. They're not even zombies, bro. They're not zombies. Oh, it's, it's the Wendigo. Evil dead, almost evil dead style. Yeah, they're possessed. Yeah. They're possessed. It's not It's not zombies. They're, they're possessed corpses. Possessed by the Wendigo. She's just hanging around. Dude. I put a spell on you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now you're mine. Now you're mine. man himself. There he is. Heidi ho, people. We are here to bury the glorious child in the earth. I am your reverend, Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. I'm your reverend, Derek Ferguson. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? Nice to meet you. Okay, get out of here. It's over now. It's over now. Good luck. Thanks for not picking up the cheers. No kids showed up. Nobody showed up for the poor fucking kids. That's not the kid. That's not the kid. That's that's the the housekeeper. Yeah, the housekeeper. She she suicided. That's dark. People don't like going to those. She found found out she had stomach cancer. Was Was it just that or was she like related to the kid that went crazy? No, she found out she had stomach cancer. And she was just like, I'm not dealing with that shit. (laughs) Fuck that. She's a very good actress. She was great. Yes, yeah, yeah I know. Miserable. She played miserable great, just as much as Shelley Duvall. <laughs> I just feel like everybody in Maine's really unhappy. This dude's gonna put. Have you been to Maine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> put her in yeah. the pet cemetery, kid. Maine's all right. You can't be hating on Maine. No, we're not hating on Maine. But no, Portland Maine's, Maine's all right. Go like twenty miles anywhere other than Portland. Yeah. <laughs> They They're all unhappy. Things. They're very sad people. <laughs> you guys ever see Dead Girl? 
Hell yeah. Well, that's what I think of when, uh, when Hawk's thinking about youth in the pet cemetery. Like a situation <laughs> like Dead Girl a little bit. It's, it's, it's romantic, Hawk. Don't worry. It's oh. <laughs> All right. She may be moving, bro, but she's still cold. So factor that in. Hey, hey, hey. I always get a cold shoulder, so, you know, I'm kind of used to it. So <laughs> It'd be a whole lot more than a shoulder. <laughs> Feel at home. If anything ever happens to me, just throw me in the trash, Maddie. <laughs> That's a heroic. Hey, Billy, Billy, I promise you, anything happened to you, I'm taking you to the pet cemetery. I'm going to see you come back. <laughs> then I'll be back with fingerless gloves, sunglasses. I'm going to turn your face into ground round. Could you imagine Coin actually coming back as a Wendigo, though? Good, his hair would be even more fantastic. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the hair would get his bud that should. I feel we're like he's hanging out. We're gonna be pals. We're gonna be smoking up and get a pizza, and we're gonna be killing people. It's gonna be awesome. The <laughs> movie right there. That's exactly what I think Billy would be like. Exactly what he just said. Dude, it'd be so yeah. perfect. Kind of like Lost Boys. They could have. I'm practically a, living, a live cartoon. Or like Nick Frost at the end of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, like they're still yeah. playing. Like they're still playing PlayStation. I can get uh, <laughs> yeah. it. Give, give, give me the remote. Uh. Yeah, man. Uh, Got to keep you collared, though. You know, fucking You'd dangerous. Have to eat cows or something. I would have to eat cows. I couldn't even see him eating squirrels and cats and stuff. And no. he likes them too much. Should be. Eating. There'd just be like a, a cow hanging behind me, just like, you know, sliced open, just ripping, you know. Just completely eviscerated, just raw. Yeah, I get it. Oh, Tasha Yar, what are you, what kind of nonsense are you spitting in his ear uh, now? More toxic bullshit. Mm, let's go to the cemetery. Oh, she's remembering Zelda. Oh, yeah. yeah, the iconic I, scene. I do have to say, I mean, this, this scene with Highly Zelda, effective. I mean, it's so... So unnerving. I remember watching it and like it's the mouth movement that gets me in the bed, the twisted spine and stuff. Uh, yeah, the most extreme uh, case of meningitis I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like, I mean, I've never. God seen damn. Now they say that uh, this this character was played by a man because the director didn't feel a thirteen year old girl could pull off this type of terror, which I agree. With. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you do the switch up like that, more definition. A whole new element to it, you know what I mean? There's a lot of physical. There's a lot of physical acting to that character, you know what I mean? Maddie, you just made the perfect point that I was about to say. The the physicality of it, the body language, yeah. and just that kind of malice that's in her voice. Yeah, that animosity toward Rachel. Like, I don't see a child doing it. Yeah, that's hard. I don't. Seem it's, like an eighteen or nineteen year old, like male contortionist or baby. something like that. Yeah, no, they—that's exactly what they used, Billy. Yeah, yeah. I had to turn my head at this part when I was really young. When I seen this, that was my move. That when I was a kid and I seen something too scary, I just I turned my head to the side and had to wait for it to be over. That's fair though. Yeah, and I remember yeah. that did it for me, dude. That was like the first time I seen that. It was like too much. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, and no. It, and her other cousins are like the most unpleasant looking kids I've ever seen. They look so miserable just standing there. What? What's going on? Well, yeah. you know, when she runs away like from Zelda, her, her other cousins that were standing there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, well, when they were, she was like, Zelda's dead. Yeah. And they're just standing there like, oh, oh okay. 
I don't know how to emotion right now. Her whole family's okay. fucked. Yeah. Just period. Like, Rachel's whole family is just, boo! Like, fucking... We have main face. Where's that? Where's that? Where's that? No, they're sh- they got Chicago face. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. They're from Chi Town. <laughs> yeah, well, she was. Uh, the only, wasn't she like the sole one that had to take care of her? Wasn't that the deal? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so yeah, they left her alone with the crazy. Spine. And that was negligence on the parents' part. So I mean, the whole family—they're well, all assholes. You got to figure about the parents. Uh, the parents uh, suck. They just, yeah, oh, yeah. They pick a fight at the kid's funeral. Come on. I know. Like, Dad's literally like coming to fisticuffs while the kid's in a coffin. Like, what the Tip fuck is wrong with him? Coffin, the little hand pops up. I think. Oh, yeah, well, they double <laughs> they double dip on the horrifying horrifying kid corpse thing. Like, it's all it's it's the bloody shoe all over again. Oh, speaking of which, yeah, it's a coming. Yeah, time to pay the piper, man. Uh, this this scene has always been traumatizing. I remember being a kid. It's rough. The build up to the actual like it's very like you said before. It's like it's a well put, very well put together scene. It's so effective. It's horrifying. You're like run, 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 run. It's one of those horrible things you could have ever imagined happening to somebody. I think is seeing their kid go down like that, like fucking ten feet away from them because they weren't paying attention. My I remember. God, I remember being thirteen years old. My girlfriend at 13, we're watching Pet Cemetery. She's never read the book. She's never seen it. Nothing. This scene, she's starting to like cry. Yeah. Like just straight tears coming down her face. She's like, they're going to get the kid, right? And I'm just looking at her like, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. They're going to get the kid. Yep. He's going to be fine. Yep. You yep. Kid's going to be great. To, much <laughs> to know how this is going to. And you almost like just throw the cutting back of the truck, seeing what we're seeing here. It's like this is not good. Something is going to oh, yeah. happen. It's not nothing good is going to fucking come of this. No, I she said it. And I have to step out for a second. <laughs> see, oh, Jesus. See, this was this was the part. This is the part of Mary Lambert that was genius. The whole lead up to this, like it feels too perfect. Yeah, it feels like too perfect of a day. Just that shot itself, from from gates to the road to the yeah the, uh, the uh, truck coming down. Oh my god, that is! And then you have the it's father running brutal. as as fast as he can. You see that? It's just and brutal. Beautiful camera tricks. You know what I mean? Oh. You don't see it, bah, fucking horrifying. You don't you don't see it once. That's all you get right there. That fucking shit. That's all you need. That's My it. mom's actually don't even in the need the show. You don't even need the show, but it's in there. You know what I mean? And, then you <laughs> see, and dude, look at the, look at the pain in that guy's face. Like it says it all. Uh, the picture is flashing. I always yeah, dude. Genius, fucking genius idea. Savage. Yeah. Absolutely brutal. And you saw maybe one fluid ounce of blood in the whole thing, and it was absolutely brutal. And it's more impactful. And some other really gory scenes that have no reason to be that gory. You know? It's it's going back to it Silver works. Bullet, man. It's going yeah. back to Silver Bullet. It's the bloody kite again. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's the less is more. Like that's like the genius of horror. It, 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 true genius in a heart in horror is how can I scare the audience and fuck them up without showing them a goddamn thing? Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, I'm telling you, fart suckers is going to be the next best thing for yeah, you to see. Hey. Running. Now he's he knows he's about to 
have dark thoughts about where you should be going. So, so where you want to uh, bury your little boy? If he now, gives, uh, if he gives him booze, then he, the, the fucking Judd's definitely a bad dude. If he gives him alcohol and reminds him, you don't want to go in that cemetery. You don't even know. Yeah, and show pictures. Horrifying. This movie really fucking is great, I must say. And like the effects, I just had a flash of like when Judd goes down and it's like so fucking effective. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. every effect in this movie is pulled off magnificently. The cutting is great. You know what I mean? They boarded everything. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that they, they really knew what the hell they knew they what were they doing. were doing for sure. Oh, yeah. Fucking brilliant. The suspense. They're probably uh, Hitchcock fans instead of like, you know, your typical horror. You know what I mean? Of the time. They weren't watching Craven to yeah. do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely not Sean Cunningham. It was it was more, more Hitchcock Palmer. for sure. They're the Palma fans. Yeah. Oh dude. I yes. Absolutely. That's that's more in the that's more in the school that we're in right now, I think. Yeah. And what I love is the close up on his face right now. Mm-hmm. I mean He's not doing anything, but you can see everything in his eyes. You can see the wheels turning like, yeah. I know what I'm going to do. That uh, coffin, my goodness, dude. The flowers are bigger, almost bigger than the coffin. This is what, this is what I'm saying, though. Look, look at this bald fuck. Yeah. Look at him, you fucking asshole. At he a kid's funeral. Bad. At a fucking kid's funeral. Who does that? He is garbage, yeah. Trash. Shitty dad. I, shitty I granddad. Seriously. I, Fuck you, oh. Shytown. And there it is. Look, dude, just that, just that, oh, just like the coffin opens and the hand pops. I was like, ah, oh, dude, dude, grimy. If you, I gotta it, say, th- if you this pause scene- it, if you pause it, the kid gives the middle finger. Yes, <laughs> I mean, this scene itself, I mean, it helps sell the reason why he goes to such extremes to, you know, uh, take his son to the pet cemetery to, even though he, he knows, like, that it's probably not going to end well. It's just that, you know, the the full desperation of losing your child and then then you have that, that shithead of a grandfather just, you know, literally attacking you and, and forcing you to see that you weren't able to protect someone that you cared about. And that we already kind of come to the conclusion the guy was on the edge to begin with. Let's yeah. let's let's ponder this for a second. Your dad, you just lost your kid. Right. You're already blaming yourself because you didn't get there in time. Yeah. Who would hold that? But in truth, who in their right fucking mind would hold that against you? Who would actually blame you for to beat him up? The father-in-law. But what? To, but what kind of garbage human being? Oh, you have to be at someone's fucking child's funeral to blame that kid. You know what? It could almost, considering how the father is on the from the Creed side, um, you know, even like Zelda and that whole situation. You know, I mean, there could be so much anger that is still, you know, pent up that just is, you know, unresolved. And I, I mean, the, the, it's, it's a fucked family i mean you know the whole dynamic and uh, you know everything is just channeled so unhealthily unhealthy, in, in an unhealthy way but to have a fucking terrible. fist fight at you know 
the funeral of your grandchild, you know, I mean, of course the father feels horrible. He feels responsible and he's just adding fuel to the fire. He's breaking him even more as a person. Word. I always forget that that dude, Zelda's father, that like put both of those kids in bad situations. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, dude, like he's why Rachel's so fucked up. Yeah, which in turn makes Rachel why Rachel's the villain. He's also the villain of this movie. Maybe he it's is all the his villain. fault. Maybe he, he is, is the, the villain, villain of this movie. It's all yeah. his fault. Holy yeah. shit! We're figuring stuff out today. Yeah. Look at that. We're learning stuff. We're learning new things. <laughs> We're being gumshoes over here, boys. We're figuring this out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because uh, going off of what James right, he's so right because I mean, if you think about. It, Everything that, that leads up to this, I mean, how people, you know, be, that grow up and become the people that they are, it's not just, you know, the, you know, genes that they get, but it's also how they've been raised, how uh, the experiences they've had. And then, you know, if you go to the point of uh, the mother being uh, the big instigator for what happens, and then you look at how she was raised by her father and her mother, you're totally right that they really, you know, are the ones that kind of molded everyone to go in this direction of, of disaster. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I still blame Rachel mostly, but it's kind of the dad. Yeah. yeah. Jesse, are you sitting underneath the chandelier? Uh, no, I have a, a rope light. She has her own Pascal with her in the background. <laughs> <laughs> her own angel, her own angel, dead body, fucking walker, jogger. Stalker. What was he? What's Pascal? A jogger, right? A bike rider, I think. Yeah, yeah. bike rider. Yeah. Pascal. Well, 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 Matt, I think Billy oh. is your Pascal because he's right there. He's he in the today. dark. He's, he's, uh, He's being creepy. <laughs> Bill's crapping in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting one out in the corner for you, buddy. You know, Mr. Munster's fantastic, dude. I love him. He's got a great face. I want a t-shirt with him on it. And here's the kid. Here's the fucking Billy the Demon Boy who got <laughs> Pet Cemeteryed up. Now he itches his Look face at off. that handsome man right there. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, man. When you when you got to itch that deep, you got to scratch your face off. That's the only thing you can do in a situation like that. His face only is logical explanation. Yeah, well, you know. Hey, mama, want to give me a hug? Oh, I why don't you use the stick? Hey, come on! I just want to eat your stick face off. Do not on that boy. You got to hit him with a shotgun. Now poke him with a stick. <laughs> just poke him. Just poke him with a stick. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll be fine. Send him on his way. Don't do it down there. Yeah. He had to be <laughs> Tell him that the dairy truck went by. He likes to go chase trucks. <laughs> and the dad came home from killing people. And this boy was zombified. A possessed evil dead style. It was a tough time taking out, that taking down that family in six, but it's you know, good day's work. <laughs> this is a um, you know, a, a child out strong as the old man and Roughs him up and, you know, kills the father. Then he's burnt with the, you know, we've heard about this story a billion times, though. A billion. 
It's uh, a very tragic tale, you know what I mean? You think that it feels pain, it's dead. You almost feel like the fire would have no effect on him until he was just ashes. You know? But you burn those ashes. Sometimes you gotta just burn out all the bad. Yeah, you know, it's a good deal to do. Fire be flaming, look at that fucking thing roaring. You don't catch fires I, like that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think what they did was they called up Drew Barrymore and invited her over and oh. she did her fire starter thing. Horrifying. <laughs> the hair. You, you, fu- the you hair started out flipping. That when, when she got older, her whole job was to like uh, be an arsonist for like big companies. Yeah. That's pulling cool. insurance jobs. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. fire starter two right there. She was just yeah, pulling insurance. That on, boss. She's coming in the room. She was a she was a weapon in Afghanistan back in the troublesome two thousands. I know the firebomb they called her. She was good. She was the WMD. That's right. She's the best. Who's this guy? That's Lewis. He's doing a big. In the airport, yeah, and there's with one. the with the, the fucking Great, grandpa asshole, the fucking father-in-law being a dingle. I believe. Hey, hey, grand, grandpa, right what? Why did you beat up my daddy and be such an asshole? He just strangled I mean, the kid. Uh, you don't. Can you push my brother down? <laughs> he broke Zelda over his knee. She was like perfectly normal, and then he beat the fuck out of her until she was all busted up. He wasn't Keep your her. little brother. He was adopted. Yeah. <laughs> That wasn't meningitis. He gave her a spine breaker. Right. <laughs> Tombstone pile driver gone wrong. Fucked stop, up Zelda. Stop caring about people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what family's supposed to be about. <laughs> what do you mean I'm supposed to love them? <laughs> we don't have to love anyone. <laughs> I'm a fucking sociopath. <laughs> You Don't worry, I, I, I'll get you a new cat and a new baby brother. It'll just take about, you know, six nine months. months. Yeah, nine months. Six months, Hawk? <laughs> six, six months? What is it, a meerkat? Well, Hawk puts him in the pet cemetery. Hawk is genetically <laughs> predisposed. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe there's not enough cook time. Maybe you got to leave people in there longer before you yes. get them back out. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. Stay in for a full fucking year. <laughs> Listen, you're gonna wake up and it's gonna be weird, but just stay there. Yes. <laughs> Do you think you could get away with going into a cemetery and digging up a dead body? You think like you would have enough no. time in there before? I don't think so. Yeah, I think no, it's the most improbable thing in the face of the earth. Someone see you, even if you were in there deep. I assume. Well, you also have the concept that like after the after the funeral was over, yeah. coffins just don't go in the ground raw like that. Yeah. They have a concrete tomb around the coffin. Mm-hmm. So even if he managed by some fucking miracle to dig out six feet of ground fast enough where somebody wouldn't have noticed, he's still got to contend with the thousand pound coffin casket tomb lid yeah. that's gone on top of the whole fucking thing. That's okay. He has Pascal, you know, his undead, you know, uh, buddy. Who can no, he has his treasure <laughs> shovel like in every single Friday the 13th movie. You just hit it in the... the it just falls apart. Yeah, yeah it's the got ball. the golden shovel. You 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 whack it, and then it's gonna crack apart. Yeah, and you can lift I got the it. Golden shovel. I, it's the most improbable thing in the world. In the book, he doesn't even he doesn't even pull him out of the ground like that. 
Jesse, I'm just going to say one thing about shovels. Some of the best makeup effects I've ever done involve the shovel. That's good to know. Yes. I know somebody in this room that actually got cut in half by a shovel. So, well, <laughs> well, I wanted to say that it was an interesting experience. I did find my better half. It was an ass, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I pulled myself together, stitched myself up, and I'm good to go. Another he only half. lost thirteen feet of small intestine. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and gained twenty more pounds of large intestine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All thanks to uh, Billy Cole. Wasn't exactly somebody. It wasn't his intestine, but he gained yeah. it. No. Yeah. Those... That we ate. Hmm? Uh. Were those the intestines that we ate? I, well, think, I think some of them were. Yeah, yeah Tabagat. Yeah. No, 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 no. The intestines that we ate were the ones I made. Where you got chopped in half. That wasn't yeah. one of my effects. That was actually uh, someone else on the crew. Oh. Uh, okay. Groundhog. Oh, okay. They did. They did your the shovel. The sho- oh, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't make that. it that night. No, I, I did the but, shovel. Yeah, you did the shovel. But when we ripped Alex's intestines open with Jesse with the shit yeah. that you were on, yeah, that was twenty five feet of intestine that I made. Yeah, it was like roast beef inside. I thought it was the same thing. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> there wasn't no roast beef inside. Just chocolate <laughs> sauce. Just chocolate sauce. Just chocolate. That was it's good uh, for you. Blood, bl- that blood colored chocolate sauce. <laughs> Woo! It's the best kind. Pascal. It is the best kind. Uh, honestly, I think Pascal is trying to make a move on Tasha Yar right now. Oh, he's yeah. Like, he's like, hey, baby, you were the best thing in the beginning of Star Trek Next Maybe. Generation. <laughs> you <laughs> left. Uh, my, 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 I had no reason to live anymore. That's why, you know, I had myself get run over by a car. Actually, you know your husband's doomed, right? Your senses are evil. Yeah, baby. She was in a movie. How you doing? That I, she was actually one of my favorite Empire movies, The Eliminators. Yeah. And oh, she, yeah. She, she, she was the female lead in that movie. And for a weird gonzo Charlie Bam movie, it just, it, 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 it's like a, a Marvel film. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, yeah. there's mandroids, you know, there's time travel. Um Ninjas. Just, oh yeah, no, that was like that was on the higher scale of the Empire stuff. It too. was like like yeah, that was and they, and they production value wise. Yeah, that was that was up there with like From Beyond yeah. and like that stuff. You know, that was that was that was a pretty cool little flick. I dug it. He's just eating peanut butter. Oh, okay, never mind. Judd, I thought he was just eating peanut butter. Did Judd's wife pass away, or was, was... yeah, his wife was his wife was already dead. Okay. At that point, yeah. I just talked to my dead so, wife. That's why he wanted. He just wanted companionship. That's probably why he told them. Well, they, well, they were having drinks, and he wanted well, a friend. Yeah. Well, you understand that there's reason you don't go into Judd's basement because his old wife has been to the pet cemetery, and now dead she's uh, hankering for some, you know, uh, fava beans. That girl did. Yeah. His old wife is still his new wife. <laughs> Just because he's still cold all over. And they're remote, so he can come down and play video games with her, you know, just like at the end of Shaun of the Dead whenever he gets bored. I wouldn't mind Judd for a neighbor. He'd be a good neighbor. Would he? He would be, yeah. Oh, yeah, great neighbor. Fantastic. Don't, <laughs> don't trust him. Just don't take what he says as reality. Ah, oh, you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
and the cops want that. <laughs> they just uh, shine the light, and they don't see this big hole in well, the middle in fairness, of the cemetery. It could be for tomorrow. It could be for what if this very in tomorrow. In fairness, in fairness, huh? but I know where you. I got you. Where you're going on that? And that, my friends, yeah. is why when I decided to unearth a grave, I did it in a private graveyard. Ah. <laughs> You get away with that shit when it's on your own property. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get some beers. Gonna do it. Why is it I have a feeling that my neighbor did something crazy? Trucks don't stop when the kids get crushed. Just looking at him like, where's my drinking buddy? <laughs> I don't like to drink alone. Lily's he, not with me like no that. more. Like, I could almost see him having companionship with a dead, a dead wife. I know you would have been a dead That would have been a fun twist for the ending. Is that, yeah, the, is that the other, the, the remakes, uh, alternate ending? No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's just a recut concept of, there's a lot less of, uh, Ellie's stupid shit at the end. Yeah. It's a lot more focused on mood setting, bait and switches, rather than that all-out action battle between a grown man and an eleven-year-old girl. Because that's how that would. Because you know, of course, she'd win. That makes total sense. Yeah. But well, she has super, uh, you know, preteen, you know, um, superpowers. No, but <laughs> they handle that ludicrous concept a hell of a lot better in this movie than they did in the remake. Like, Gage uses tricks, deception, sneakiness to to overpower Judd. Like, he he tricks Judd into, like, going to a room, and, you know, he gives him the old Achilles tendon cut, which, if you cut that, you're fucked. You can't stand up. Yeah. You know? So he's got him where he wants him. Which brings this Enormous tall gentleman down to his level, literally. Literally. And then he gives yeah. him the old Black Dahlia, you know? Uh, and, one, and one thing about Lewis Creed, one person who original, the original person who actually read for him was Bruce fucking Campbell. I know. That's crazy, right? I would have liked him a lot more. Do you think he could have won his, you know... Bruce isn't really known for his dark, dramatic. No, but acting. you know what? If you actually yeah. seen his ep- his episode on the X Files, where he plays, I believe he could do it. Like but... a demon that actually is trying. He wants to have a real baby. I mean, the way he's the way he sells, he's a very good actor with the right role. I think he could have done this, but I think he might not have had the other films that he would have been working on at the time. You know, I think he was kind of. I think he was kind of better off. I, I feel I feel like at the time his probably his big comparison for this role too yeah. and probably a big reason why he didn't get it was Evil Dead. Right. Yeah. And Evil Dead 2. Which if I watched Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, I wouldn't want the guy that starred in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 to play Lewis Creed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though we know he has a great range as an actor, yeah. at the time he hadn't proved it. He was already it. pigeonholed as an actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he he hadn't what proved it at that point. Yeah, Alex. So, well, Alex, I, I mean, feel, how do you feel about Ted Raimi playing Zelda? Did you know that fun fact? Oh, Ted Raimi played Zelda in this? No, no, no. <laughs> you can almost picture it though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he Henry played. Uh, he was the double <laughs> for Henrietta in um, in uh, Evil Dead okay. too. Oh, 
was. Yeah. I and, can picture that. Well, I mean, here's the thing that, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love Bruce Campbell and all that. That was the enemy, but, actually. Cigarettes are the villain of the movie. <laughs> all right, go back to what you said. Well, but I think that they made a right call having, you know, uh, Fred Gwynn as Judd instead of Bruce Campbell. And this is why, because... Well, not Judd. Well, he was going to play the father. Oh, he was going to play the father. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, yeah. He could definitely have played um, play that role. But, I mean, I thought you were saying he was supposed to play Judd. It'd be interesting like, as Judd, too, no. when you really think about it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the thing is that, I mean, Fred Gwynn gives Judd such a, you know, harmless, the old man next door, you know, kind of, I mean, when you see him on, on screen, you kind of feel at ease, which I think is very important with the Judd character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can feel like you can just go out and sit on the porch and have a few beers with him and talk about the old times. The old times. Yeah. Nobody was sitting near Pascal during lunch. You'd assume that, though, dude. You're all looking like a crushed head. Nobody wants to eat their fucking... Chicken goat on blue, fucking in front of you. Kind of feel bad for Pascal though. Dude was just going out for a run. Got plowed by a tough one, yeah. Buick. (laughs) Happens every second of every day, unfortunately. It really does. Makes you wonder how many Pascals are floating around the rooms everybody's in right now. I got at least three. Yeah, I was looming. That could also be an acid flashback, but I'm pretty sure there's three. James, every day is an acid flashback for you, dude. Yes. That's accurate. That's why I'm such a good writer. (laughs) I'm Hunter S. Thompson, except I got sober before I died. (laughs) What's the fun in that? Uh, I'm still trying to figure that part out, man. Like, I don't have an answer. (laughs) Oh, shit, I forgot about that with the faces pop up. Yeah. That was yeah. cool. Now, was, yeah. was he client? I wonder if that was like pyramid um, shaped. If they were trying to go into some type of, it was very clay like, pyramid clay like. I wonder if they're yeah. trying to tap into that pyramid deal. Yeah, no. I mean, they made, they, they made this really ambiguous. They worship cats back in the pyramid days, you know? Yeah. But they made this. They made this really ambiguous in the film as to what yeah. the spirit or force is. They didn't go into like the Wendigo thing or yeah. any of that stuff. And this was a quarry that they moved all this, all these rocks around to create this type of Inuit tribe or whatever the hell they call Micmac. Micmac. Um. Well, fun fact: Micmacs didn't build cairns over there. Bar- uh, over there, dead. So, so that was definitely just a hundred percent production design. What do they do? They traditional really... mounds. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just mounds of dirt. Um, like pumpkin head. Pretty much, yeah, pumpkin accurate. Head. But yeah, no, the whole stony burial ground graveyard thing. I think, I think that was just you know they were just like, well, no one's gonna think that a bunch of mounds are graveyards, so yeah. that doesn't look cool enough. So fuck it. I want to see all the pets in the pet cemetery fight. Pumpkinhead. Literally all of them? They wouldn't like be at once? Well they would Thunderdome. Would they really be in the pet cemetery? They would eventually come up and be alive, right? Or 
There's really no, you don't got to do no spell or anything. You just got to bury him there, right? Yeah, because yeah, the ground's sour. Uh, yeah, so pretty yeah. much anything that was buried there would eventually come back. I don't think there would be any bodies there, of anything. No, it's just rocks. It's just rocks. Or there's an original... In the book, like, it wasn't just the ground where they... It wasn't a... It wasn't a burial ground at all. Yeah. It was just cursed land. Yeah. You know? So, it's tough to say, like, what it was actually meant for. You know? Because obviously, as you point out, there's no bodies there, because if anybody got buried there, they came back from the dead. But there was that symbol on the ground, right? Like the circular deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. there was. That that seemed kind of like occultish. It is. They walk, Native Americans Americans used to walk it, I think. Like, it was a part, you'd walk the circle and it would go in, inward, and you would, like, find yourself within the journey. Yeah, the the spiral. Yeah. It's like a maze, kind of. Mm-hmm. Is that a finger telling her to go back? What is that? What is that? A heart? A lobster? Okay, <laughs> I was way off on that one. Well, it's Maine. I mean, it's Maine, dude. Of course, believe, it's lobster. I think that you, James, you might know this one. That the the town that it was based on in the book is the actual town that they shot it in. I think yes. I read that. Yeah. Yes. They shot it one mile from the actual house King was in. When he was writing it, I like that. Oh wow! And the actual pet cemetery is not that far away from there. It was like right in the backyard. Yeah, so he, he wanted to be close. He wanted to be in close proximity to uh, with, to that feeling. A refrigerator with bear in it at all times. That's where he wanted to be in close proximity to. Well, maybe <laughs> Rubenstein also would enjoy that as well. I'm How sure there was. I'm sure, given the timing of when he was writing Pet Cemetery, there was a heavy stock of Schlitz and <laughs> yeah, and, that ripple going and, and cocaine. Uh, <laughs> and cocaine. Schlitz and cocaine. And is, Paul is, that was the time, though. That was the time. You're right. You know, it was good times. Maybe a pack of cools. <laughs> Oh, Cools. Cool oh my god. <laughs> they were cool enough, man. They don't need no cool cigs. So creeping around, lurking, lurking in the dark. Up. Oh, about to get that blade on, little small hands. That's creepy. Well, and, yeah, and the thing that's really interesting about very, this uh, character looking. Yeah. is um they couldn't do a life cast of the kid? Yeah, because he uh, you know they don't want to kill him. Yeah, mostly so. that's probably it. <laughs> they basically ended up just sculpting him, and you know, so he does almost have like a slight toy-like quality when he jump jumps down. Yeah, you know, in the well, attic. I mean, he's probably they probably get a, like a, a smaller person doing it. I assume. Well, no, so some of that was just puppeteered. You know, like those hands were probably uh... no, they were Miko's hands. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, this was still you know the kid. They used, all, they used really? as much of them as they possibly could. No, what, no, those hands can't be the kid's hands. No, no, they're not going to let them grab that blade. No, no, no. But the, no, the blade wasn't. Yeah. The blade was someone else. Yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. for everything for the feet, but like for the actual knife going through the effect of the the heel, mm. that was you know not Miko. Um, well, I was talking like when he grabbed that bag out of the closet. That doctor bag where he gets the the, the scalpel out of. I, I think mm-hmm. that was a. What's the appropriate uh, phrasing for that, Puck? You know, you're a big fan of Dinklage. Oh, uh, what? What? Of, of 
for people that are uh, shorter than other people. Little yeah, what's I, the what's I, the politically correct I don't, term? I don't this think week? I don't think that. Would I I'm not hundred percent sure. I, I, I think little people. I, I don't know. Little people are dwarf. No, but like to actually use the I term. think dwarf is it. I think dwarf. Yeah, they don't like midget. Yeah, that's no good. And little yeah. people doesn't sound right because you just call them normal people that go with well, what we talking yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I don't know because I, uh, as far as I know, like all of it, I, I don't think there's anyone that is actually, you know, a good <laughs> good one to uh, say. I like to play it safe and just call them small. Hey, small fry, how you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. That's That's the way to go. That's how you get your ankle cut up. See, yeah, see, exactly. see, see that that is why Billy has so many uh, many friends in the community. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great guy, yeah. Billy. Great reveal coming up here. Yeah. Do you think that I don't think he slept in that bed since his wife died? I think he falls asleep in the armchair downstairs every night. He's he just gets plastered and falls yeah. on the floor. Yeah, he hasn't been up in this room, my bed, in fucking ten years. That's my take. I would too. Fuck yeah. that. You guys remember the era where you go into like a, a grandparent's bedroom and they'd have two twin beds because sleeping in a queen bed was not the appropriate thing to do or whatever. Oh yeah, I, I my grandparents. No, uh, my grandparents. That that was the thing. Yeah, that was, that was the thing. Wild times. Weird times. Weird times in general. Hey Martha, it's Friday. You want to push the bed? Watch this. Here it comes. Here this, it this, comes. You fail this. You tingle Ooh. all over. Uh, Just throwing it out there, little people is the correct way of saying it. It, it is. is. Okay. Yeah, they outlawed or they made it a slur to call them midgets. So do not call them They're midgets. They're hanging people for calling them midgets nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> That's at, how like, we yeah. get canceled? Is that how we get canceled this week? That's how we got canceled. No, no, because I'm saying not to do oh. it. Oh, you're saying not to do it. Okay, great. Yeah. Right. yeah. Perfect. I'm Maybe trying to figure out new ways to get canceled every time we do a show. Well, that's the good oh, you should have told me that sooner. <laughs> but no, that no. takes away the fun. True, I like no. the mystery. No, Gage Lily ripping out his throat with his teeth <laughs> is like so gangster within itself. That's a, that's a great death image, too, of him with his, uh, his eyes open. That's creepy looking. Savage, dude. Black well, Dolly in it? No. That the that's, face that that's gotta hurt like hell. When he was walking up, and you know, uh, oh, like was, wasn't that the face of the aftermath that was projected? Maybe when he was, when he was going, it was clam- when he was climbing I, up. I think I thought I heard that there was some type of you know reasoning for those faces that come up out of the. Maybe it was the the Billy kid or whatever the kid who burnt with his father in the house or well, something. It almost seems like that image was projected, like that that was how I heard in a different cut. Pascal goes down and gives that trucker a fucking blowjob. <laughs> Like he just an, says, uh, "He just says it's the way of the road." Yeah. And then goes to town. Yeah. Garland, yeah. Uh, Supposedly, Kevin Smith. Well, well, I mean, the question is, uh, how did Denise, uh, Denise Crosby's character, you know, get the uh, truck driver driver? You can't say there. that about a lady hawk. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, only dead guys can give another man a blowjob. The fuck oh, out of here! Obviously. Yeah, what's wrong with Sexy you? Sexy nights for you guys. No one else. <laughs> Horrifying. 
I'm just throwing. I don't know what you guys. I do not want a blowjob from any dead guy. Hey, hey, listen. (laughs) I don't know what you guys talk about. I was going to suggest he gave him fifty bucks. All right. I mean, I don't know where you guys going with that. Fair enough. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks, Hawk. Fifty bucks. That's a. Alex Hawk is saying a mouth is a mouth. Oh my! I've seen that T-shirt. Fifty bucks in 1989. I don't know. It's because they were going for the balls before it was cool. That's a little. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's fifty bucks in nineteen eighty nine worthy. Got a Frank Cannon lot of that shit, yo. Mm. Creeping around the house. Now is this her house or Judd's house? I think this is Judd's house. Yeah, yeah, that's Judd's house. She starts. She like, called Gage. Called, called her on the phone. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did you come over, mommy? Come on, play, play mommy. mommy. I remember now he goes, I played with Judd, I played with some, and I don't want to play with you. I remember that <laughs> line. Uh, First I played with mommy, and now I want to play later, with yeah. you. When he comes out in the suit, I always thought that was kind of, I mean, it's from the painting, of course, but it's like very effective when he's got like that old timey fucking Victorian, type suit. Yeah, yeah. Victorian outfit. Yeah, that's something that you that is very easy to be laughable and it works. But, you know but, I mean? but there's that in the in the movie earlier. There is that picture of right. the baby in the Victorian thing, right. and they kind of make that prominent. So well, that's I, why, yeah. So yeah. you know what's going on. So you catch that. Hey, vibe. mommy, you like my new threads? I wonder <laughs> if that. I wonder if that baby was another sibling that died young. Mm, oh. One would wonder. Zelda, the return of Zelda, the video game. <laughs> I'd buy it. So we're playing. That's too much. Stop yeah. acting like Ganon. That was a <laughs> lot. That was a lot, right? Like when when you were younger and you saw that, and she ran up. <laughs> that, was that was a lot. lot for sure. That was a lot. That's the face I was making at home that she's doing right there. When I- <laughs> that was the face I was making yeah. when you hugged me outside before I came in. It was more than a hug. Yeah. Oh. It was a grope and a kiss. A grope and a kiss. A little hug and tug. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. And he's going to be a friendly. Oh, got the knife. There he is. Blade it up. Come over here, mommy, so we can stab you. Stab you. That's how it goes down. Mommy, it's stabby, stabby time. Stabby, stabby. All right, that was terrifying. Ooh. Never do that again. What? Stabby, stabby? I just want to slice your fucking throat open. You keep that voice. We're going to use that somewhere. Oh, damn. I I love that voice. I like that voice a lot. And don't worry, James. I'm going to bathe. I mean, don't worry, James. I'm going to bathe in your blood so you won't go to waste. (laughs) That is like... (laughs) That is primo creepo right there. A hundred percent. Okay, James is now pulling out the crosses that he has hidden underneath his chair. What are you talking about? The only cross he has is his two fingers. Yeah, yeah. There's no holy power in those fingers, man. Listen, obviously you've never seen Fright Night. All you have to do is have faith. (laughs) Gotta have faith. Which Shit, I have I'm none. Feeling it. Which I have none. So this is <laughs> completely ineffective. Yeah, it's, it's a moot point. 
countertop time. I like how it looks real. Like that's like somebody's real counter. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. just like, like you just know what I mean? agree with that. Like there's no like fucking granola and oat milk there. It's like an average family. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's an average family friends. too. Uh huh. Ah, uh, see what happens. See what happens. I told him to take his fucking shoes off, and he didn't. Now see, I'm going to kill him. Well, <laughs> see, up until now, Lewis Creed has been in the fuck around stage. Now he's about to be in the find out stage. Is what mm. this is. It's science. Yep. And that's what happens when you find out. (laughs) Troublesome. Unfortunate. Not the best. Yeah. Here it goes. Down into the darkness. The dark dabs. Mm -hmm. Best. Mm-hmm. It's about to get bad. Do you think there was any take on this film where you could say that this was all in the father's head? Like a lot of the, this movie? Like towards like three quarters? After the kid dies, it slowly starts to get twisted up. Maybe... Turns into a delusional thought. Like, like the, reality. Wife, the wife never comes home. Like she never ever came back to him and he just went into this really dark fucking other world. Went mm-hmm. out the milk, never came back. And then did heroin, as we can see with this big. I feel <laughs> like I feel like there's. Now he's wired. <laughs> yeah, there would be elements of that had it not focused so much in the beginning with Judd introducing him to the elements that yeah. would play out later. If for some reason he found the pet cemetery mm-hmm. and he buried Church in it, and then for some reason came back to life and he figured it all out on his own and there was no Judd in the picture mm-hmm. telling the stories and all that stuff. I would believe that, but nah, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it, I don't think it's fight club enough no, yeah. for it to play out in his head like that. It could be symbolism too. Judd could be dead as well. He could be an imaginary thing. You're right. Could yeah. be. You never know. You never know. I agree. They could have had a wife. At the end, be like, oh, my husband's been dead for fucking 20 years. Uh-oh, animal cruelty. That's that what happens. Interesting shot, the yeah. internet says no animals were right harmed. In the ass, pop. No, you right in the butt. Like that, and that's obviously a retractable. Um, I, that's roadkill, probably. That's probably like yeah. roadkill or something. Yeah, and they pro- I think they did probably like one or two dead cats. They probably. Yeah, that's. That's giving a cat a back when they give that cat a lethal dose of heroin and fucking put them out. <laughs> Shoot him up with some like fucking hydrogen peroxide and rub it out. Go, call it a die. Because that's definitely real. That, that's a real cat. That's cat. a real cat. When he picks it up, though, I think I think that's the scene where it's fake. Maybe. And then that rat thing was completely fake too. It just looks rubber. Yeah. Once you kill the cat, there's no going back, dude. Mm-hmm. You're a monster. It's fucking go time. It's just me and my sodium pentothal. Yeah, yeah. What can you say? He's handling his prick. Oh my! Just <laughs> hey, me and my sodium. This is how I like it. <laughs> that makes total sense. I like it. And that was perfect with you in the background, Billy. All like dark and stuff. <laughs> Witness protection. <laughs> yes. See, I called it at the beginning of the episode. He's just looming. 
You're right. It's needed Ooh. for this episode. Lumen lurking. <laughs> Watching the shadows. He is the shadows. He is. It's fucking Batman. That's what it is. I'm That's the story with this fucking. Is there grass inside the house now? Well, no. Now, like the essence of this the cemetery is kind of. It is, has that fucking Stephen King and creep show vibe. It's yeah. corrupted it. It's, yeah, it's like a it's, possession. It's like the devil or something evil is around. There's it's like kind of the like household. gross. Yeah. You know, you take away the power of the kid. I think the fact that they all knew the kid is what made it extra scary for them. I feel like any of us would probably be able to punt it the fuck and out of the room, puff. You know what I mean? Like a Chucky. Like Chucky's very dangerous, but if you had to deal with one of them, you'd almost. He's probably the most easiest one to get, even more than Leprechaun, to get fucking kind of grabbing. Manhandle. I feel like Leprechaun has hidden muscles. He's magical too. Yeah. He's magically delicious. Yes, he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you believe Leprechaun 3, if he bites you, you too will become a Leprechaun. That's yes. True. <laughs> then you can be friends. Caroline Williams was so fucking funny in that movie, though. The movie's nuts. What, Leprechaun? Well, 3. They're all pretty Leprechaun. <laughs> they're all pretty crazy. They're all. They're all pretty out there. There's something. Leprechaun in the hood, though. They're movies. Oh, Leprechaun back to the hood, my god. Ooh, back to the hood, yeah. I will. I like the I, fact I, that he's a pothead. That's the best part. Yeah, he, like he even gave up and didn't care anymore. He's like, I'm just gonna fucking get high. Throw a friend with him. weed is a friend indeed. <laughs> I, I acknowledge the fact that the Leprechaun movies are are movies. Someone made them with a camera. <laughs> I, I did see the trailer for the new Willow. And I can't lie, that does look phenomenal. That's a lot more. Oh, that's incredible! No, that's that's not that's that's definitely not Leprechaun. That's no, no. But the fact that it's <laughs> Warwick Davis, I mean, hey. I'm thrilled. You know? Yeah, no, awesome. He's come back in a big way. Oh, he really has. Anyways, I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm happy he made a resurgence with sure. Willow. You know. Now, see, at this point, at this point, with Lewis Creed, like, I would be like, okay, I fucked up. I fucked up a lot. Maybe, perhaps not. I fuck up again. Right. Let's not do that again. But he's still like, oh, oh no, we're definitely gonna keep yep, fucking up. He's hanging around. Ah, oh, the smile. Don't laugh at me, boy. Exactly. It's like that little Chucky doll smile. Mm. It's like the Omen. No, Gage is way more evil than Damien. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So we hung her up there. You could almost take into consideration maybe. If you were going to take it all in his head, that could have been her committing suicide. Almost. Because, you know, she hung herself. I've always wondered how the fuck this infant got the her or the hell up there. Like, it's yeah, and it's not like he's supernaturally strong or he'd be beating no. up his father right now, you know? Yeah, I mean? no, he seems, he, I mean, it seems like the most implausible thing about this whole movie. Yeah, to lure her <laughs> Kind of up. obnoxious. The way in the way they finished it off with them before, where they were kind of embracing, it's almost like he could guilt her into doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. how'd she get up there? Why'd she get up there? <laughs> like, there's I questions. Lo- I love evil game. No fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love. Goddamn sodium pentothal, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> 
Ah, I know you feel bad. I wonder how that 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 was an interesting shot. No, obviously it's fake, of course, but he had to have had something the kid to play to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, For sure. He was getting yeah. That was all camera angles for the needle. Look at his face. (laughs) He returns to fuck you, Dad. That could be part of why he goes overall crazy because if it died, now. If it died like a demon, swearing a mouth. It's like he, he, yeah, that was almost like a drunk little person falling from that look. Well, the be- if you think about it, for the evil, it's the best thing to do because if you like die swearing at him, he can get over it. But if you're dying being the kid that you were, he's gonna be he's he's going back to failing those emotions of loving you and being attached. So it, it's worse for. It's like a way worse ending to have, you know. If you oh, if I lose, lose, double stab in the heart. If you, try, if you were to try and get in his head type deal or like torment him, that's what you'd want to do. Yeah. yeah, I think I think the real tragedy of this movie, above all, mm-hmm. is it was all for nothing. Like absolutely yeah. nothing. No one gained anything. He brought his kid back just to kill his kid again. Yeah, and, and his then, kid took his wife too. Yeah. I mean, there's the whole life dynamic, the whole death dynamic. I mean, it just basically is a constant flux back and forth with the story. And it's just. You don't see a baby burning that often. Yeah. You don't see a big line of fire going into a baby too often. I always, that stood out to me too. No. And now (laughs) this is like one of the few endings that they filmed. And they lit the whole house on fire. Yeah, Something yeah. you don't see very often anymore. So this reminds me of uh, the ending of Miss, the Miss as yeah. well, because like he does everything for nothing, just like this character. Same writer. It's like, same, yeah. same. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the Mist's ending is a little bit more brutal. Yeah. I like it a lot. But no, oh no, I love the ending <laughs> of the Mist. It's fucking horrible. Yeah. But, <laughs> But it's a little more brutal because that's like like way like to the point of it's all for nothing. Yeah, it was all for nothing. It was still all for nothing though. The Pascal, I got a question for you guys. But the Pascal thing, how he fades. Do you think that he was sent there on maybe a second mission after dying to try and fix that situation? He failed and almost has to answer to somebody when he goes back to wherever he's going. That was might might have been like a test to like get him to go to the next spot. He's very sad that like. You know what I mean? Like, there's like, something up. Yeah, no, like, he went back to Purgatory, and he yeah. had to sit there for his performance review. I, yeah. And, and and his manager, Ghost, was like, listen, <laughs> my my dude, what the fuck did you do down there? Yeah. <laughs> no promotion. I tried to help, but no one listened to me. Well, it have to, it'd have to attempt it again until he <laughs> fucking did He'd it. He'd be like, it. now get down there and get it right. <laughs> it was a one shot no go and he was just fucked too humans sen- just don't want to listen now we're sending you we're sending you to thailand there's 13 priests in a bus we need him to fall off a cliff <laughs> okay i can go ooga booga in a sheet and i think i can make that work <laughs> this was always a good scene see for, first we send you to talk to the husband you screw that up then we send you to talk to the wife you screw that up. Bro. Man, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do with you. You talked to Ellie, too. Yeah. yeah. He, he went and talked to Ellie, too. How many chances does a guy need? Pascal. I had dreams about Pascal. Well, think about it, though. 
Think about it, though. Yeah. He's chilling in purgatory. He's getting his negative performance review. He sees Gage and Lewis walk by because they're fucking dead now. He's like, hey, hey, asshole. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He, he, was, he was coming a little bit of a, a reunion, you know, of, of, of husband and wife. Wife is a little uh, worse for wear now. This is such a disgusting what? looking. I love this. Did you say the book had a different ending than this? No, not 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 and not right. different enough. Yeah. I don't think no, definitely not different enough. New year, new me. That was always effective in their Facebook league chat. I remember that being fucking oof. And then he kisses her. My God, dude! It's like the I love the active kid. blood that always gets me. What is the opposite of horny? Because that's what I am right now. <laughs> uh, it's an inward penis, James. <laughs> the knife comes up. Okay, I'm not that bad. I'm not yeah, that bad. I'm good. Cue the Ramones. A Mary Lambert film. <laughs> He handpicked the Ramones to be in the film because he loved them so much. I think they did a couple songs. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. King's a rock fan. King is a fan of the rock and roll. Romero was originally supposed to direct this bad boy, and then he, it was delayed because he was doing Monkey Shines, and she, Mary Lambert did it. I don't know how I feel about Romero directing this. I don't think this is a very Romero movie. I think it Romero was, was better off different. doing Monkey Shines. I, you definitely I agree. Would, it definitely would have been an argument if there were zombies or possessed at that point. They, oh, yeah. they would have called them zombies. They would have been marketed as zombies just to make get more ticket sales, probably. Because it's George Romero. Right. Because it's George Romero. That's yeah. that's it would have been zombies all day because it's George Romero, which yeah. and where you know Romero did monkey shine, she had Tom Savini instead of doing zombies do monkey effects. Mm. Making little shampooing monkeys. Because monkeys. Because <laughs> monkeys. Monkeys. Fucking monkeys. The commentary. I just, I actually, I, I just picked that up recently. The commentary on that was actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Now, Hawk, earlier when you said that uh, you thought Fred Gwynn was going to be the Bruce Campbell character, um, I just wanted to let you know that Mary Lambert had one person in mind, and she got the person she wanted. She didn't want anybody else. Well, that's good. That's good because Fred Gwynn. Uh, there's just something about him that he just exudes, like, you know, kindness, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. I mean, just. You can dig that. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he wrote he, children's he, books, so, I mean, he had, there was something in him that had. Very friendly, yeah. 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 That's and, what got him Herman, too. Yeah. And what, Car 54, Where Are You, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Car 54, Where Are You, was his, uh, his uh, thing before that. Gunther Tutti on the job. Andrew Habistack was Zelda. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Hubastank? Hubastank. Habistack No. So what did you guys think of, of the movie overall? I mean, compared to other um, King uh, Stephen King's works that have been adapted. I personally love this movie. I've always, um, I actually wasn't allowed to watch it for a while when I was a kid, which is weird because I watched a lot of horror movies, but my mom saw this movie in theaters and, um, she, I guess had a freak out because my oldest brother looks exactly like that little kid in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dear. So she ended up leaving the theater at the truck scene <laughs> and she bawled her eyes out crying. So I wasn't really allowed. So it's like, I watch it now and like I have a, a little like morbidness of like, haha, this makes my mom scared. But then it's like, no, I understand why it does. And it hits me differently, you know? So I really respect this movie. 
Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw a fun fact in between everybody's opinion. Sure. Uh, during yeah. the opening credits, several children's voices were uh, reciting different things for their deceased pets. Now, one of those voices belonged to the late Jonathan Brandis, who would later go on to be an it. Ah. No way! That's wild. Yeah. yeah. That must have been like just like a couple of years prior because it was ninety one. Pet Cemetery was eighty nine or ninety. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. he was one of those. He did a lot of <laughs> commercials and kids stuff too. You know yeah. that was that was fucking super unfortunate. Whenever I think of Jonathan Brandis, because he had such kind of a, a bright upcoming of like yeah. good films, and he got into that Sequest show, which would have was a big deal for a while. Sidekicks, dude. Sidekicks, of course. And yeah, he had like <clears throat> he just went through a hard time, and he unfortunately killed himself. Um, yeah. But if he was still around, <laughs> I think he would have resurfaced eventually in something. You know, and it's yeah, something. for sure. <laughs> I agree. All it is right. sad. It's a, it's a very sad thing. Yeah. So next up, who Alex or uh, Hawkins? Oh, okay. Alex yeah, I mean, I've I've always enjoyed uh, Pet Cemetery, especially uh, uh, this version. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it really plays with the fact of uh, how you know a children's death can really affect the parents themselves. I mean, we. We can always assume that it'll, it would be a traumatic event. I mean, it, like the old saying goes that a parent should never outlive their children. Mm. And it's even especially worse when the child is that young because there's so much uh, possibilities that they could have and, and the future that they could have had. So that makes it even sadder. Plus also, I mean... Like James said, you know, less is more, and how they did the the death scene was very, uh, very um, traumatic. Really hits the heartstrings, mm. and plus, also, the fact is that uh, it's it's like what I would say the epitome of a Stephen King story or film, which is it's it's more psychological than. You know, most of the other horror movies you'll see blood and guts or over the top, you know, uh, transitions of people into creatures or vice versa. But what makes this is it's more, it's really more of a human story than even though you do have people coming back from the dead, it's, it's more of a, a family tragedy story. <laughs> right. Mm. I agree with that. Another director, fun fact, Tom Savini, uh, makeup guru, who actually taught this makeup effects, Billy Coyne over here, a thing or two, was supposed to direct this at one point. Woo! That was great. Oh, sorry. I was going to just say, and and, and the reason he didn't was he knew he had to teach uh, Billy Coyne a thing or two. Exactly. Exactly. You had to, you had to get over there. I think he was prepping for his Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, no. Ninety. And that's 90, what I was. Uh, that's what I was about to say. He probably turned that. it down because he was about to start working on Living Dead. Billy uh, or James, who wants to give their two cents on what? On the film we just watched, bud. It's a good movie. That's all you guys say. <laughs> it's a. It's a very good movie. Fook. I, I, right. I, really, I love Pet Cemetery. I mean, it was one. Of, actually, it was one of the first first Stephen King movies I ever watched, and. I just fell hook, line, and sinker. I mean, you know, it was, it was one of the first movies that really, I think, officially scared the shit out of me. And 
I, I, I love this movie. I mean, I really just, you know, I mean, it's just, Mary Lambert's a very good director. Um, good story, compelling characters. It's just a good fucking movie. I'm with you on that, dude. You know, do you know that when Mrs. Creed hitches a ride with the trucker after she has car problems, the truck number is 666. Oh, my. That's some scary stuff. James, what did you think of the film? Well, I think uh, Pet Cemetery is one of those rare occasions where it kind of falls into the category of words like speaking specifically of King, Stephen King, where you modify what happened in the book to fit the narrative of a film, but it actually comes out good. <laughs> like yeah. a lot of times, that doesn't happen. A lot of a, a lot of times, you, you you adapt the narrative of a, of a book to fit a movie, and you royally fuck it up somewhere in the in the transition. But this is one of those times where it's actually done really, really well, mm. and. I admire that. Um, as Stephen King's my favorite author, I appreciate that because there's definitely other people that took the book, looked at it, threw it over their shoulder, and just did whatever the hell they wanted. So, Kubrick, <coughs> yeah, what, what, Q- what? Kubrick's definitely the 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 prime culprit <laughs> of, of that specific abuse. Um, even though The Shining is a good movie, it's still <laughs> yeah. it's still nothing like the book. This is as close to the book as I think they could have possibly gotten it. Mm. While still maintaining a paced narrative that you would expect in a film. So it's it's a very good movie. It's 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 one of my favorites as far as King films go. Um definitely a top 5. And it's just it's a classic. I mean, it's it's hard to deny it, it's footprint on pop culture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, the soil of a man's heart is stonier. Lewis, a man grows what he can and he tends it. Now, you know, that's what he, what they mean by that is, you know, he basically believing that a man's heart is harder to penetrate with love and emotion, but also how tough his heart is. He believes that he is the keeper of many secrets, such as church, his nighttime stroll with Pascal and the deal with his father-in-law. Um, however, in many instances, he takes glee and pleasure from these secrets. There you mm, go. Yeah. Very nice. Getting, uh, like an English class going. Very nice over there. Very nice. I, I'm a big fan. You know, I'm a big fan of Pet Cemetery. Uh, I think it's one of probably, I probably put it maybe top five of my Stephen King films. And I just see one thing I noticed. Yeah. <clears throat> Trailer narrated by Perry Rodriguez. Person. Oh, oh. Percy Rodriguez, Percy. who was also the same voice on the trailer for Jaws. Ah, that's Paul Rodriguez's cousin, I believe. <laughs> so the uh, hey, but, but big fan, creepy. I I've always thought it was creepy. Like I said at the beginning, I think it's one. It was one of the very accessible to people via TV. This is one that was always being shown around and very creepy. I think with the household pet vibe, I think everybody can take something from it. Yeah, and. Uh, Beautiful, big fan, big fan of the Pet Cemetery film. I even like Part Two. I'm even a fan I of love part, part Two. Yeah, I love Part Two. You know where? Uh, what's his name? What's what's his? Uh, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. Yeah, 
He kind of has that uh, Gus. Gus, dude. Gus. You He's know, the best part of the fucking movie. I agree he with you. Quincy Brown is the only, the best reason to really even watch the second one, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, well, I, it ain't Edward Furlong. That's for no. sure. It's, it's Clancy <laughs> Brown. <laughs> even though he was the man at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, killing like it. Terminator, you know, I mean. He had a couple of was, years where he was the, the fucking biggest thing of all time. Yeah. Yeah, the exact span between Terminator and Brain Scan, like three years. <laughs> I wonder if he burnt out on drugs. I, le- I know later he did, but I wonder if that's what burnt down his career because he had a really good thing going for him. You know I, I saw. I, I actually I have the Scream Factory on Pet Cemetery too. Yeah, and I was watching his interview, and it seems. Like, don't quote me, but mm. it seems like he has his shit a bit more together these days. Well, so that's good. Days. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. No, there was some rough, there was rough moments there. Well, I remember when he was rescuing fucking lobsters from like the supermarket and sending them loose in the oh, ocean. That was him. And yeah, when he was like in his crazy, you know, drug. But I mean, yeah, he's, three just, months he's, ago. he's better now. You know, and yeah, maybe it might, it might have been a few months. I see ago. pictures of him hanging with uh, Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy, the night Jeremy got arrested, <laughs> fucking raping everybody. He looked. I mean, the both of them were rough in that photo. I mean, Jesus well, Christ! You know, Eddie. Eddie, unfortunately, his best days are behind him. I think. Yeah. You know, even if he has more, <clears throat> even if he brings more, I think you know you can't beat Terminator Two. Did they ever bring him back into the Terminator franchise? I think they did. No. I think for a real quick cameo. Uh, no, no. What they what they pulled? What a lot of people are doing these days. They pulled the deep fake shit, oh, they and they brought him back. Him? Wow! They brought they deep faked him back to being little kid John Connor mm. in um Dark Fate, the newest okay. one. He's still the same height. He just don't look the same. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. the movie was a complete piece of shit, but you know, they're gonna bring back the kid from uh. Salute your shorts and Cookson or whatever his name is. I, yeah. I, I, I used to know his name. The red I think about kid. that. I think yeah. by lying to a cop. <laughs> that's what, all you do and everything will be okay. Never tell him the truth. I saw uh, that in a meme. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. I remember that time. You could get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that was another. That was a beautiful journey in the dead kid world. You know, yeah, Pet yeah, Cemetery. Sure. Long time coming. You know, this one's been on, I think, uh, you know, a lot of us have been looking forward to doing this one. And after an episode like Return to Salem's Lot, you know, you got to come hard with a fan favorite. So uh, hence we are. But we hope some people enjoyed the Return to Salem's Lot type deal. You know, it wasn't that bad of a film. Uh, <laughs> my, my would be my guess. Oh, We're gonna oh, 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 okay, okay. we have to pull James out of the, the, the bucket now. He's puking. Uh, oh, having flashbacks. It's okay, James. We'll oh. put a cold compress on your head. We buried it at the pet cemetery and it came back. Get this man and... a bucket and a mop mm-hmm. and a copy of the Village Reporter. <laughs> Larry Cohen's still with us. I think the ghost of Larry Cohen came upon us during the return of Salem's Lot. It will be. And it lingers. It already it happened. Judged, it already it, happened. Uh, Phil, it already happened. It judged me. It judged me. Yeah. For judging him. We're always James judging. is still in the fetal position, actually. Yeah. 
with the bottle of rum in the fetal position. There's not much you can do in this world to hurt me, but like my actual kryptonite is bad vampire movies. (laughs) (laughs) What about bad werewolf movies? No, I love bad werewolf movies, man. It's just bad vampire movies. Well, I'm glad you survived it, James. I'm proud of you. No, no, no. This there's some war wounds here. Long term effects, man. We don't know. We don't know. It actually killed James, but we brought him to the pet cemetery for this episode to bring him back. That's it. That's yeah. it. Exactly. That's exactly it. <laughs> I'm possessed with the Wendigo. Yeah. So, all's well. And that's why he knows it's a Wendigo. That's true. He knows Correct. who he is. At the end of the day, at least someone does. You know. Correct. And I'm just honest about it. Okay. I'm not evil. I just. Hungry. <laughs> you're not you when you're hungry, James. Eat a Snickers. <laughs> I didn't know there were guys named Snickers. Hey. No. I heard you know a guy named Bubbles, though. Oh. <laughs> hey, now. I had to. I'm sorry. Now that's what's getting us canceled this, this episode. <laughs> right there. You're welcome. <laughs> And with that being said, we'll wrap up this episode of the Dead Kids of Derry. And we'll catch y'all next time. See you later, guys. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, yeah. Peace out. All the dead kids.